0: This is a deep dive episode of the Tech of Business podcast. Today, we are talking about internal team communication tools. This is going to be a foundational episode for you. So be sure to listen and head over to the show notes at techofbusiness.com forward slash 027 to make sure that you are effectively using communication tools to grow your business. Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Sledsky, And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech, and let's get into today's episode. Welcome. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And as I mentioned, today we're talking about internal team communication tools. Over the weekend, in one of the Facebook groups that I am a part of, I saw a question that I knew had to be answered here on the podcast. So I jostled the schedule around so that I could share this information that um, I shared in that Facebook group in more elaborate form with you here today. The question that was asked in the Facebook group revolved around team communication and collaboration tools. Some of the tools that were mentioned were things like Slack and Trello, Asana and Google Docs and Voxer and email and Facebook Messenger, and the list went on and on. There are a lot of tools. And so in this episode, I'm going to share my thoughts on how to best select and utilize internal team tools. First up, I would like to convince you that email is never the right tool for internal communication. Even the big companies use other chatter messenger tools over clogging up inboxes. It's just not an efficient way to do back and forth ongoing communication. I think that email is an absolutely necessary evil It has become for many of us a dumping ground for not only promotions from other entrepreneurs and businesses that we follow, but automated updates from service providers and social media and our project management tools and our calendar reminders. And there's just so much that falls into inboxes. I don't want your team projects to fall through the cracks. So the best way to run your email inbox is to have structure and rules around it. That's another episode Um, and it's just not where we need to be spending our time today. So I got that out of the way and now I want to talk about several facets to the original question that I want to disentangle. Your team regardless of shape or size needs to have a place to run client and internal projects easily chat with other team members, and understand how and where to store, retrieve, and search company documents. Let's start with that last one. For storing and retrieving and searching company documents, I'd encourage you to go back to listen to episode number 11 in which we discussed cloud storage. In that episode, I explained the benefits of using cloud storage in business and some of the best ways to structure your content. Now, because we're talking specifically about internal team communication, let's go into a little bit of specific detail here. These types of documents are going to be your operations manual, checklists and guides, maybe your time cards or your company policy and so on. And there are also gonna be documents in there or in files in there that are gonna be templates and outlines that will be completed during the course of business, working with your clients, Files that are reference only, again, like your company policy or your operations manual, are best to be stored as read-only in order to avoid accidental modification. And for my own sake, I actually keep a working copy of these documents locally on my computer. But you could use an alternate cloud storage location. That way, the... The only time that the cloud storage master document, the one sitting in that read-only folder is replaced is after I've modified the local copy or the one that's stored in the, in the other cloud storage location. I will only go back into the operations manual when and upload the new version. So it just kind of keeps things clean and organized so that uh, there's no accidental deletion or modification. For files that are going to be the starting point of uh, new client onboarding or a new project, those will vary substantially based on the type of business you have. And for these files, I like having a read-only template available. So a file that is a template that can be b- used to build whatever's gonna be specific for the client. And I also think that having a procedure for setting up and sharing these files for client projects is going to be very helpful. As the business owner, it's totally up to you to figure out uh, what set of files need to be stored for the team and what ones need to be used for different team members. Some members of your team may have access to folders that other members don't just because of their job requirements. If your business is anything like mine, you may also have files, processes, and procedures that you want to make available to your clients as you work through the project together. Those files I believe are best to be stored inside your project management tool of choice. Now they can actually be stored on Google drive with everything else, but then actually accessed and you don't ever give the link to the Google drive folder. You just keep it maintained inside your project management tool. So let's talk about project management tools. The two most common free options for project management are Trello and Asana. I've used both. I personally actually use Basecamp for a lot of my projects, but I use Asana and Trello for several of them as well. So for the purposes of the rest of today's episode, we're going to talk about Asana, um, and this is completely translatable to Trello as well. Inside Asana, that's where your project is actually going to live. Here, you'll be able to list off a series of steps that need to be performed, assign the task to the team member, and have conversations about the project of each step or task directly inside that task inside the project management tool. I think that one of the best ways of using a project management tool is just like with files to create templates uh, which can be mirrored for each instance or cycle. And what I mean by templates is if you are doing something on a regular basis, that you have a template, so you just have to say, hey, let's do this project or let's do this task. And it's then listed out all the steps. But don't worry, creating templates doesn't need to scare you. Generally speaking, I create a template after I realize that a project needs to be templatized. So I run it live the first time. The very first time that I'm doing a specific task, I'll run it through project management, I'll create the steps and things like that. And at the end of the project, or maybe part way through, I realize that that project is going to be repeated. And so then I kind of clean it up and I make it look good and I create the template from there. So I'm not creating a template in advance, I'm creating it while I'm actually living the project. It may take a little bit of extra time, but it's gonna save you so much time and create a structure for you going forward. Once you kick off a project or task that has a template, the team members that need to be on that project, you're gonna add them. You're going to maybe assign some of the tasks to team members. You're going to be assigning completion dates and personalize the specific project with uh, client-related information. I am inside my project management tools on a daily basis, communicating with my team and with my clients. I love that we can have simultaneous conversations relating to different tasks. So if we are building a Thinkific-based membership site together, we could be talking about the color scheme on one task and the landing page layout on another task. And yet another task could be discussing the member dashboard. These would be three separate conversations between the same parties, you and me. Yet each one is going to stand alone. And when we've finalized our color scheme, we can mark that task as complete, and we don't need to circle back on that topic. And the other thing that's really nice about that is that the back and forth of that task and that topic is just gonna live there, and it's not gonna clog up anything else. It's not gonna get mixed in with other conversations, and it will be easier to search down the road. Everything sits in a nice, tidy box. Or so we wish. It's very difficult for our brains to compartmentalize conversations to the task at hand. So instead of flipping to the relevant task, someone will undoubtedly write a comment, share an insight, or ask a question on the wrong thread or task. It takes more time and energy to post those thought fragments in tiny sections across the multitude of tasks and slowly... If not nipped in the bud, managing the project can become a nightmare. So let's nip that thing in the bud. And the best way I've found to do that is to take the comment that was written in the wrong place and copy it simply to the correct place and reply to it there. Doing it without making mention in the original wrong thread task will keep things clean. It means that you're not adding any additional off-topic content to that thread. So let's say we're back on that Thinkific site and someone says, hey, what color am I supposed to be using for this um, on the... I don't know, on the homepage task, but the colors conversation was taking place on a separate task. All you do is you go and you say, you copy that uh, text that says, what color am I supposed to be using, back on the color task and reply, hey, Jamie, and tag me, because you can do tagging in your project management tools. This is where you're gonna find the color. We're gonna be using color, We're going to use black for this. And you don't make mention of it back on the original homepage task because it doesn't need to be there. In that particular instance, that's the process that I would most likely go through. I'd love to find out from you if you have uh, structures in place in your project management tool. So if you haven't already be sure to join the Tech of Business community on Facebook. All you need to do is go to techofbusiness.com forward slash community, and I will let you write in. To put it simply, as the entrepreneur or business owner, it's our responsibility to adhere to our own systems and processes. Let's lead by example, and let's not make an example out of our team. So you might be wondering, hey, Jamie, where's the best place to have conversations regarding the content that's posted in the wrong thread or to otherwise interact outside of the tasks at hand? And that is done with another tool, Uh, something that allows asynchronous communication. And it could be with Voxer or Facebook Messenger or Slack. And I actually know some people who use a, Secret Facebook group for team communication. I don't recommend Facebook. I don't recommend using Facebook Messenger. I don't recommend using a Facebook uh, group of any form for this type of communication because anytime you get on Facebook, you're going to get lost. Some people also uh, think that text message is a great way for asynchronous communication. It may be the right tool for you, but in general, I stay away from it because I want to keep a really good log of everything on the computer and in the cloud, and I find that text messaging is not the best for that. As for Voxer, I love Voxer. It's great for quick voice memos, but it's not a place that I think, again, your ongoing communication is going to sit because... frankly, you have to pay for Voxer to keep your conversations for longer and there are better tools. Slack is the tool that I would recommend for your asynchronous communication. The type of content that is best suited for Slack are things like quick check-ins or decision-making updates, inquiries on availability, urgent type outreach, and potentially a space for brain dumps on future projects or to do a stream of consciousness rambling surrounding an activity on a current project. And just like with cloud storage and project management, asynchronous communication tools can get disorganized and scattered if there aren't systems and processes to pull them together. (laughs) I swear, structure seems to really be the sub-theme of today's episode. We talked about structure for file storage. Now let's talk about structure as it pertains to Slack. The first step with Slack is to set up your team workspace. Inside your team workspace, there are going to be public and private channels and the ability to direct message with other workspace members. Your workspace is created initially with two channels, general and random, as well as a direct message agent called Slackbot. From there, you're gonna be adding your other team members and you'll be able to have direct message access to each of them. And then you're going to be creating some public channels. I recommend creating a public channel for each client. I believe that this is better than for each project because even if you're working on several projects for the same client, the conversation about the client and about the progress and about the status, and that's going to transcend the projects themselves. Any communication that is directly related to that project or task actually belongs inside your project management tool, not in Slack. That's why I think when it comes to communication about a client, do it at the client level and not at the project level. It's gonna keep things cleaner as well. I also like to create channels for company announcements, suggestions, help desk, and so on. Each channel and direct message thread is going to be a continuous stream of messages And those messages can actually include attachments as well. The distinct advantage of Slack sitting outside of your project management tool is that it helps move through projects or internal tasks without each message being tied to a specific deliverable. On the other hand, sometimes conversations in Slack need to be tied to a specific task. And then it becomes a matter of moving the conversations back from Slack over to Asana. So just like we talked about with project management and with someone commenting on the wrong thread inside Asana, I recommend that you actually move those tasks, those conversations from Slack back into Asana. And it doesn't need to be an automated process. The way that I like to do it is by simply noting that it needs to be moved. And use a hashtag at the point where that conversation needs to be moved. I like to use a hashtag that's uh, just hashtag transfer and then list the project that it needs to be transferred to so that once a week or according to whatever timeline makes sense in your business, you can go back through Slack and copy all the necessary text over. You'll just go into Slack, you'll do a search, there's a nice little magnifying glass, and you'll search for hashtag transfer. And you can also, I think there's an advanced search, I would have to look and check that out, but I believe there's an advanced search where you could say from this date to this date. And that way you can then just transfer those bits and pieces. It's a manual process right now, but down the road, you may be able to automate it. Right now, let's just start creating structure and culture. My top tips for Slack are to use the separate channel for each client and not for each project and to create a culture of consistency and required check-ins. What that means is that every team member needs to check Slack on a regular basis. You wanna have that set up in your policies and procedures for your team members so that everybody is using the tool in the same manner. I also like to use tags and tagging individuals. So tags with the hashtags, and then you can, again, you can add tag uh, a person on your team if you need a specific update from them. We have covered a lot in this episode. So let's recap real quick what we have discussed so far. Internal team communication requires structure, systems, and processes. Each member of your team should be provided with the best chance for success by understanding how and when to use each tool. The file structure in Google Drive is for templates, guides, and manuals. The boards in Trello or projects in Asana are for client and internal projects and consist of tasks with due dates and deliverables. The channels in Slack are for dialogue and check-ins. You know, this is all quite theoretical in nature. So let's dig into a real example. Each week, we release a new podcast episode. This is a recurring project for me and my team. The first step of each podcast episode is either scheduling the interview or deciding on the topic for the deep dive session. As soon as that step is initiated, we take our template from our project management tool and we create an instance of it. Usually it's named whatever the speaker is or the guest is and the uh, episode number, if we know that, or it may just be the title if it's a deep dive episode. Inside the template is each step that needs to be taken for a podcast episode to be released. This includes recording the episode, creating the artwork, writing the show notes, editing the episode, creating the MP3 file, uploading it to Libsyn, and so on. Files associated with the episode are uploaded into project management, not into Google Drive, because they are specific to the project. However, the podcast intro, outro, interlude music, and framework for putting together the actual audio file that you're listening to right now, that sits on Google Drive since those are team resource files. Those are being used by anybody who is creating that podcast episode. Just like the template for our show notes page that is sitting on Google Drive because it is a resource for the team. Each task inside my project management tool is then assigned a due date based on the order in which it needs to be completed so that we release each episode on time. Most communication for podcast release occurs on the tasks and we rarely need to use Slack because we have the podcast release schedule dialed in. There are rarely questions that transcend the tasks at hand. The types of conversations that may come up in Slack regarding our podcast and that sit on the podcast related channel inside Slack are things about changing the sequence of episodes or saying, hey, this episode ties into this episode. You didn't mention episode number 11, for example. I mentioned episode number 11 earlier. If I had missed that as I was writing this episode, one of the team members might have said, hey, Jamie, you didn't mention episode 11. Do you want to read re-record a section to snip it in. That type of thing might have gone in there. And also we have a culture here at Tech of Business where Slack is a faster means of communication than the project management tool. So if the editor is working on a piece and notice that I should be adding in number or episode number 11, then she would contact me via Slack because she knows that my response rate is going to be faster. Now, this is just an example, of course, and you could take the general idea of my podcast releases and apply it to internal projects in your business, such as, you know, sending your weekly emails or publishing blog posts, creating YouTube videos, and even getting the content ready for social media posts and Facebook live. Even if your team is only you and one other very part-time virtual assistant, creating a foundation of how and where and when to communicate will begin to build team culture, develop realistic expectations, empower your team members, and give you framework for growth. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, can you imagine how much easier it's gonna be to bring on a new team member if all you're doing is plugging them into the systems that you already have in place for internal dialogue and communication, as soon as you bring in that new team member, you're adding them to your Slack channel, you're adding them to Asana, you're giving them access to the folders on Google Drive, they are gonna come in empowered and inspired to jump right in and work with you and your team. I love this. I absolutely have enjoyed this episode and sharing this insight with you. So thank you very much for hanging out with me today for this deep dive episode of the Tech of Business podcast. I love sharing how technology and tools can help move your business forward. I would encourage you to sign up for Slack today and start building consistent communication channels. Inviting tech to the table is powerful and you don't need to do it alone. I'm here to help you make the process easier and efficient. Over on the show notes at techofbusiness.com forward slash zero two seven, you'll see a button to book a strategy session with me. If you are looking at the show notes on your podcast player, there is a nice little link there. So it's not a button, it's a link. On that call, we are gonna go through setting up your internal communication tools and creating a structure that is exactly right for you and your business. Again, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me on the Tech of Business Podcast today. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.